the following is a special presentation for Revelations, communicating truth to power. Myself and another classmate for some kind of presentation at school, we both said our lines, we said it, we giggled, but we did what we were supposed to do. In my mind, I was just a kid and I memorized my lines and I was nervous, but I said them, yay, it's over. Comey Media Group proudly presents Revelations with Cole Johnson. Welcome to the special edition of Revelations Going Deeper. I am Cole Johnson and I am so glad you're able to join us. Now you heard the interview that I had with Autumn earlier this week. Well, we also talked about these issues as well. There's this condition that is called talking white or talking as if you have perfect diction in how you speak, but you don't speak in any type of dialectal twitch or twang or you don't speak in any abonics type of way or style. We touch on this subject, but before we touch on that heavy subject, we talk about the lighter hearted subject of her two co-hosts, Ryan and Sean of We Got the Jazz. Enjoy going down this road as we go deeper. Your two co-hosts. It's interesting how both got onto the platform. Uh, <laughs> one one was, I guess, by invite. The other, hmm, how can I put this? <laughs> what way can I express this? Uh, either you blackmailed him or you tied him up or you just basically <laughs> said you're doing this and you have Volunteer. no other alternative. <laughs> you are You have been voluntold to do this. We're not much, I'm not much older than you, but I'm still the oldest sister. And I say, we're doing a podcast now. Yay. Aren't you happy? <laughs> yeah. Older sister privilege. That's what I'm exactly. <laughs> there, there like. I started that old, like, hey, <laughs> you do what your big sister tells you to do. If not, I'm telling dad. <laughs> oh, dad will no. make you do that things. So do it. No, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. My brother. So my brother was my first guest. Mm-hmm. I think my brother is hilarious. Um, yes, he is. He doesn't always go like full Sean on the show, but like my brother's a character, really funny guy, very talented. He's an actor, and that first episode is still one of our most popular episodes. Like the first episode, people heard it and they were like, "Yo, your brother is hilarious. You two are so funny together." Um, and I really, I mean, I was cool at, with the idea of doing a podcast with him, but he didn't really seem to like. He just seemed kind of indifferent about it. Um, so that was always kind of a thing in my mind. Like, how can I make Sean <laughs> be on my podcast without like forcing him? <laughs> um, so that was always there. And then Ryan just kind of, that just kind of happened. So I have a cousin and my cousin and I are both friends with Ryan, but I know Ryan through my cousin. So one weekend we were all hanging out and my cousin had done an episode of the show and we were talking about it. And Ryan was like, oh, you know, that's cool. Like, and so I told him he could come through and do an episode and Ryan's episode went really well. People love that. That's like one of the, one of the top episodes as well. Mm-hmm. And I kept, we both kept hearing the same thing. Like you two have really good chemistry. You have good chemistry. 
So we were chatting one day and he said that, you know, he would be open to doing the show again. And I was like, cool, come back whenever you want. And he was, he, I don't know if he was joking or not. He was like, oh, you know, maybe I could be a co-host. Ha ha ha. And I was like, do you want to be a co-host? Because I've always needed <laughs> one. <laughs> Why not? So it just kind of worked out that way that Ryan and I gelled well um, recording. So he was the co-host and then Sean would come on occasionally. And then one day I was just like, you know what? I I don't even care. Sean, (laughs) I need you to come on and do an episode. um, And then all the episodes, do you mind? (laughs) He's so so cool. He's very chill. I don't know if that annoyed him or not, but he was very sweet about it. He's just like, yeah, sure, sis. Okay whatever you want i'm like oh okay cool that easy huh (laughs) plus i mean part of it is that i this is maybe not it maybe it is very obvious but i just i think my brother is so talented i want the world to know how talented he is i want i mean he's an actor eventually i'm like come on sean like you gotta get out there people gotta know who you are (laughs) so eventually um you know he can land those big roles he's getting work and he's auditioning and i'm like super proud of like all this stuff that he's doing but um this is like another way for me like i'm always trying to i guess it's like a thing with my personality type i prefer to be behind the scenes but i always want to like bring the best out of people and i always want everyone to know what another person has to offer and so like knowing how talented my brother is i'm like oh my gosh like (laughs) everyone should love you as much as i do so draw on the show people will figure it out and yeah so that's me like being kind of a doting older sister in a way um i'm like i love my brother and you should too listen to him (laughs) yeah i'll get you I'll, i'll get you brother in a minute uh, I, I do have to ask you about Ryan. And, and the reason why I got to ask you about him is because, uh, well, I noticed that he has a Louisiana tie to him and mm-hmm. uh, was born in New Orleans. So oh, you were. when okay. I hear, yeah. So when I hear him, I'm thinking family all day long. I'm thinking, okay, if he were to know my cousin, <laughs> yeah, if you would know my cousins yeah. or my great aunts, he would fit in with the family so well. So <laughs> I, I was wondering, <laughs> when did you two meet? And I know, you, uh, yeah, I know you didn't just meet with, uh, hey, would you like to be on the podcast? When did you two meet? Right. We met when I was still living in Pittsburgh. So Ryan used, to, well, you know, Ryan's from Louisiana, but he was in college in Pittsburgh. And he has a cousin who's like his brother who used to play for the Steelers. Ike. Um, so Ryan was in college with my cousin and they were friends. So times that I was hanging out with my cousin, sometimes Ryan was there. So we just kind of, I got, that's how I got to know him. I got to know him when I was still back home in Pittsburgh and Ryan is still in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and tell him I said, hello. Uh, <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, talented brother, talented brother. And uh, yeah. and and funny in his own right because a lot of the Lord. stuff that would probably a lot of stuff will probably fly over pe- other people's okay. heads i totally get because i'm like okay that's family all day right yeah it's, it's cool i like that i think one of the one of the reasons why 
um, you know, people like the dynamic with me and Ryan. It's it, just in my head, it's probably because we sound so different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you hear yes. us talk, you would probably mm-hmm. think how, just like you said, like, how do you two know each other? Right. <laughs> how did this mm-hmm. even happen? Um, but yeah, I just think, you know, cool people are cool people. And, you know, mm-hmm. you just have certain personalities that even if they're very different, you can still click. And that's another thing I always bring it up um, with my personality type I think we're known for that like kind of being chameleons like social chameleons we're able to find something that we have in common with just about everyone and hone in on that and uh, make things work hmm. yeah yeah and you do make that, that dynamic work with Ryan Willwell I have noticed that but I have to get on to your brother Sean okay <laughs> ah. Which episode should I start first? <laughs> I was, I was, like, I'm used to Sean and his comments <laughs> and just a little side stuff he says. Because that's oh just him. Gosh. That's his personality to the point that sometimes I just, just like, what did you say? Just never mind. Anyway, but I forget. Like, if people don't know that about him. They're like, uh-uh, wait a minute. What did he just say? Did he just say that? Like, that's, that is Sean. Oh, my and gosh. I'm, I am that way as well, but because I'm facilitating the show, <laughs> I don't I don't get to be the one who just sits in the cut and then says some crazy stuff and it's just like what? Nothing. <laughs> but that's what we both do. We're both like that. We are both my brother and I are both good for being in the corner just saying stuff <laughs> and mm-hmm. <laughs> people are laughing at what we're saying and we got a straight face like what? I didn't say nothing. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Uh, what did he the, say, Lord? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I will never forget the very first episode of We Got Jazz that I heard. Not I, I've heard mm-hmm. the very first episode, but the very first one that I actually downloaded. And so I'm listening to the whole episode. It's all great. And we get to the end of the show, which is story time. And the the scenario that you tied into and led off with was absolutely hilarious to me to start off with. <laughs> What, what, what? Um, I come up with the most random things. What did I say? <laughs> yeah, this was this was the well. I, you'll know when I when I say Sean's line in it. So you start off, and I mean it's just so off the wall and wacky. But <laughs> but I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm along for it. <laughs> then Ryan takes over, and he th- he throws in he it literally throws in his gumboish pieces where <laughs> it's like. That doesn't fit, but okay, we'll go with it. Right, just whatever, Ryan. He's it's always yeah. some. He's always a crush on a woman. <laughs> always a de- right. like deviation. How right. did we end up at the club? We were just mm-hmm. in the right. care center. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. George Lopez one time said, "You know, well, gumbo is Louisa for yeah. Let's throw that in there." So I sort of get the feeling <laughs> that, that when it's right. story time, Yo, Ryan has Ryan that feeling gumbo of, of the yeah. show. Gumbo of the show. He's like, yeah, throw that in there. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yes. Stripper twerking in front of a five-year-old. Yeah, we'll put that in the show. <laughs> that has not happened. <laughs> that has not happened, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That hasn't happened on the show yet, but it's just, right. we have the most random, yeah, discussion. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so it got to Sean. And when it got to Sean... I was thinking he was going to struggle with it, but he flowed so well with it. And these four words had me almost wreck my car (sighs) when he said, quote, home alone, these N words. I knew that's what you were going to say. That was the one that that confirmed it for me. That was the one that was like going forward. This is a staple. 
<laughs> this is what we're adding to the show. We are doing story time. Exact that I remember it was a story where I started out. <laughs> it was at a daycare center mm-hmm. and someone came in and held up the daycare center. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan was talking about he creating the dialogue between the one of the teachers and the guy and the crew was holding up the daycare center and then Sean just flipped it <laughs> and focused on oh. the kids. <laughs> yeah. And kids that was brilliant. You remember that movie that we saw? Remember when we were at your grandma's house and she had that thing where you push the tape in? What's that? Like a a VCR? Yeah, remember that movie we saw? Was it Home Alone? That's what we gonna do. And I was done. That that had me in tears. Ryan and I, I was trying yeah. my hardest, but you could hear me mm-hmm. laughing. Ryan was laughing yeah. too. We were both. Yeah. I couldn't see him, but I knew that he was on the floor because I was almost on the floor. I was like, Sean, <laughs> really? <laughs> I guess the visual, the visual of what the children yeah. were doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so, oh God. It yeah, was, that was a good Oh, one. it was That's funny. My favorite. It was funny. It, it, it's, it's still my favorite, but I think what I found even funnier was not just the story and how wet I flipped it all, but hearing you and Ryan stifle your laughter until he ended the story because i was so hilarious just to see just to hear you guys stifle your laughter i'm thinking oh god funny i was so because that that right there that is like prime (laughs) that's sean that is Mm -hmm. sean sean is so good for like having a whole group of people doubled over in laughter like he's one of the funniest people i know and it's crazy to me that like when he auditions he always gets auditions for very serious roles and i'm like when do you get to audition for something (laughs) funny he's like i don't i don't know he's like i don't even know how that works how they choose someone to be funny in a role but it's always something where it's like you know secret service or security guard or something like he every time he auditions like if we do um ones where he records and he has to email you know he has to put Mm -hmm. on a suit or something but yeah dude is funny like and that's him all the time like that didn't surprise me that he came up with that but i wasn't prepared for that particular story no 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 i don't think whoever listens to it for the first time i don't think they will i certainly wasn't (laughs) I was I, I was not expecting that. Oh my gosh, that was great. That was a great None time. of us and were. Then, no. None of us were. And, and, then, and then other things, uh, <laughs> like his like his trip uh, somewhere where he <laughs> met up with a oh. met up with a rapper <laughs> who said, "Let me see." That's when he was yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh man. Yeah. It, it, that it, that was hilarious to me. And then at the end of it. <laughs> when he talked about uh Karen Stephens, I'm thinking, oh Lord, no. Or at least her son. I'm thinking, no, 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 no. I'm well, like, I'm you sorry. gotta be. I just, the episodes blend together. What did he say about Karen Stephens? He said something to the, he, to the effect of uh <laughs> that she was uh, <laughs> that she was vigorous in her uh in in her sexual escapades that. <laughs> That that the child ended up having six fingers, and I'm thinking, oh, that is wrong. <laughs> that is so wrong. That yo, is so I don't even wrong. see this is stuff that flies by me. I don't even remember that because sometimes I'll record, I'll edit what needs to be edited. I'm not even listening. I don't even remember him saying that. And a lot of times, yeah. like you said, he'll say things. I completely miss it. I'll be like, Sean, what did you say? And he's like, nothing. And then that's <laughs> one of those instances. I'm like, what did he say? I don't even remember that. But that sounds like something he said. <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that and I think last month I was listening to an episode where he said, yeah, uh, that that a ghost would, that a ghost from the past says, well, you know what we do to little Nikas, and I'm thinking, no, oh, that 
no. why, yeah, because that was no. the story, the ghost story I came up with. And it's so funny <laughs> that he did that because I just randomly chose the name and called, you know, I made it a story about a little girl who had an imaginary friend who was a ghost that she could see in her. Right. The little girl's name was Anika. Mm-hmm. Sean just turned it into, oh, you know, now things, the house is haunted and she's possessed by the ghost. And, you know, we do the little Nika. I'm from, I was born in 1850. And- <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, Lord. You know, we oh, do the little Nika. <laughs> yeah. So, I, <laughs> well, oh, I guess the question I have to, yeah. So, I guess the question I have to ask about you and him is, uh, have you known each other all of your lives or was it uh, was it those scenarios where you grew up in Pittsburgh and he grew up in Baltimore and you saw each other every that's, now and then? That's what it was. I grew up in Pittsburgh. He grew up in Baltimore. And when I was visiting my grandmother and other family members uh, in Maryland, like over the summer, you know, someone on either side of the family would make it so that we would get together, you know, at least once. So he would either come out to PG County or I would come out here to Baltimore. And so I always knew I had a brother, but we didn't grow up together. And because even though you can't tell based on how we interact, we are both very introverted, quiet people. So the majority of our time together growing up, it was just very quiet. We never said any, never really said anything to each other. Just like, hey, how are you? Oh, you good? Okay. Just like kind of try to make small talk. And it was my dad, my brother's mom, like my brother said, like everyone would always say like, you and Sean are so much alike. And I was so confused. I'm like, how? But there's nothing alike. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't see it. And it took my moving here. You know, when I was in New York, Sometimes we would hang out because he has friends in the area. He went to NYU. So we would, you know, get together when I was in New York and when I was visiting the Maryland area. Like as adults, we would spend time together. But still, it was kind of, I don't know, I might say it was kind of awkward. Then I moved hmm. here. And I can say, honestly, the first year that I was here, we would talk occasionally, but I saw him once. And the, what made the shift was, uh, the person he was dating at the time um, wanted to plan a surprise birthday party for him. So she called me and she was like, you know, I want to plan something for your brother. You know, are you interested in helping? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we would talk all the time. And every time I'd say something, she'd be like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> it's like talking to him. It's like talking to your brother. So I think it was interesting. She was kind of like that puzzle piece that got us together. She would like say to him, like, yo, you and your sister are just alike. So I think once we both realized like, hey, maybe we are a lot alike, eventually we just both kind of warmed up. And it's, I mean, I love it. I think it's such a blessing. It's an incredible thing to go from like being, hey, you're my brother. I love you. I don't really know what to say to you. To now I can kind of bully him and be like, you're on my podcast and this is what we're doing. And that's what it's going to be. And that's it. And so, I mean, it's cool to go from, you know, being kind of like strangers to really being brother and sister. It's dope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And now this isn't verbatim. This is what I can remember. Uh, when you introduced him, for the first ever episode, I thought it was really <laughs> endearing when you said family, family by blood, friends by choice. And I said, wow, that is really cool. Oh, yeah, I thought really- you were going to say something about me, call him the bronze boy wonder. <laughs> but, but, well, yeah, that, I, I heard that. The kind too. One. 
Yeah, I was trying to go the kind route, but yes, I'll, yes. I'll, well, fine. I'll address, I'll address the bronze boy wonder. Where did that come from? <laughs> I just enjoy. <laughs> he likes to say that we just have a thing where he says he's not. He's like, I'm not light skin. I'm not light skin. I'm like, okay, well, you're burnt sienna. <laughs> you're Texas A and M. You're Texas A and M orange. That's fine. <laughs> burnt orange? No. <laughs> yeah, you're. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you're not light skin. We'll give you a nice, pretty, flowery name. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so he's, <laughs> oh, so he's Georgia Clay. Is that what you're saying? Oh, God. I mean, that's what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah, brutal. we always joke about that thing. But yeah, no, it's, it's really true. Like, he is my brother by blood. And mm-hmm. he is my friend by choice. Like, he is someone that even if we were not related, I would choose to be around. Like, I would choose to hang out with him. I would choose to do a podcast with him. I, like, I legitimately just like him. You know, and we don't always, we don't, obviously, we don't get to choose our family. So it's cool to have someone who is your brother, but someone that you, like, I would pick him to be my brother. And the same way, like, we have, we also have a sister. Um, mm-hmm. And she did one episode when she was in town last year. And it's the same with her. Like, it's so funny. We talk about it. Like when my sister and I get together, it's just like, oh my gosh, we didn't grow up together, but we are so much alike. Like she's more outgoing and definitely more extroverted than I am, but we still think similarly. Mm-hmm. So we, we may execute things differently, differently, but our brains are working the same way. Like we always like say, we just call each other sister, sister, because Oh, We're no. so much alike. It's really, it's just like we didn't grow up together, but how do we both turn out like to be such similar people? It's almost like we're soulmates. So that's another thing. She's my sister by blood, but I would totally pick her to be my sister. Okay. So who's Tia and who's Tamara? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> when it comes to like the actual show, she's yeah. Tamara. I'm Tia, <laughs> but when it comes to real life, like how Tia and Tamara's personalities are, like it's switched. Yeah. In real mm-hmm. life, I'm probably more of the Tamara and she's more of the Tia. Yeah, but whichever one comes across as the most like pal in your face. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's her. I'm, I'm a lot more kind of chill, laid back, just observing <laughs> everything. Oh my, wow. Yeah, that, sorry. I just, when you said sister, sister, this is like <laughs> popped in my head. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You, see, you give me this '90s vibe. I mean, with, with with sister, sister, and your theme song that gives me the SWV meets guy flavor. It's just you right. just give me '90s vibe. <laughs> so it's yeah, easy for I just mean, feeling that '90s vibe all the way. <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. Like I. I mean, I think growing up, um, I guess, what, in the 90s, I was between the ages of, like, 10 and 18. Like, that's, those are, like, major formative years. So that's, mm-hmm. like, that whole era is very ingrained in me. Because you know how when you're a kid, like, you look at how adults who are not much older than you behave? Mm-hmm. Like, in your mind, that's what adulthood is like. So growing up, you know, I was watching like Living Single and Martin in a different world. So in my head, I was like, okay, different world. That's what college is going to be like watching Living Single mm-hmm. and uh, like Martin and all these other shows. I was like, okay, that's what's going to be like when I'm in my 20s and when I'm in my 30s. And then when you get to your 20s and 30s, it's like, nope, nothing mm-hmm. like that because we are in a completely different decade. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, there are some things that are similar, but no. So yeah, I'm like the 90s, I guess, is just a huge part of who I am, the music. The culture, the TV shows, like, yeah, I think that was like a really 
dope time and entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm still, you know, I have multiple seasons of Martin on DVD. <laughs> I know those episodes by heart. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You all about the 90s stuff. <laughs> well then. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, if you are. All right. So who are your top five MCs? Oh gosh. That's, it's always so hard for me to choose because I don't have people like, I always lean towards groups more so Even than better. people. Even so better. I would say not. See, and I, I remember trying to organize things in my head when I saw the movie Top 5. Mm, yeah. Like, who are my top five? <laughs> <laughs> so I I would say start out number one, Tribe Called Quest. Uh-huh. Figured you would say that. Uh, obviously. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then uh, The Root. Outcast for sure. Uh, Missy Elliott mm-hmm. and... Yeah. yeah. And, those are and then I there's so many those so many other people that I love, but it's like, okay. Those are five like when I think about the music that I just really love and I know I can go to and I can find something that I'm always gonna enjoy listening to. Like I know those are those are artists I know I can rely on consistently. Mm. Yeah, those those are strong acts. Those are strong acts. And yeah, Missy doesn't get her just due. I can I can probably talk about her. Not she never does, and it's you know I I hate that it has to be this way, but I really think it's because she's a woman. She's so innovative. Mm-hmm. She's so yeah. creative. She's all, she's always ahead of her time. She's well respected by everyone. Like there's no one yeah. who can sit around and be like, oh wow, like like nobody. There's nobody that doesn't like Missy Elliott. And if there is someone, they're not going to be bold enough to say that. Because <laughs> right. why? What's not to like? She's just so right. talented. She brings the best out of other artists. Like you put Missy on a track, and that's it. You got a you got a great mm-hmm. song. Even if your song yeah. may not be great with just you, but as soon as she's on it, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Yeah, and yeah, I, I love everything she's on. <laughs> I did. I do. Everything. I'm a big Missy fan. Her I'm a voice big Missy fan. makes me happy. I just I associate Missy Elliott's voice with joy. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah, I can understand that. I do too. I, I can totally understand that. All right, switching gears somewhat. Now, one of the main segments of your show is uh, called personal development or what I like to deem the segment that Ryan, the segment that makes Ryan and, and Sean cringe. Which so. is why I vacillate. <laughs> like I, it was, I want, I still in my heart of hearts, like I want that to be a permanent part of the show. But mm-hmm. instead of making that a permanent part of the show, I just like try to fit it in there. In different yeah. areas, instead of being like, today is our personal growth segment, and this is what we're going <laughs> to talk about. So it's like pulling teeth <laughs> with them. <laughs> it's like, so, what do you guys think about this? Uh, well, I mean, uh, it's like, oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And, <laughs> and it goes to, and, and, and this is, really goes to speech. Now, I think what I'm about to say, you probably could say, yeah, I've had this said about me. But when I was growing up, my mother was always about my speaking correct grammar, no matter where I went, mm-hmm. no matter right. with whom I talked to, no matter what situation it was, if it's with friends, if it's with teachers, if it's with business people, I am supposed to speak the same exact way all the time, every single time. And I would not be allowed to slip up and code switch. Hmm. So, uh, but of course, in being all about hip hop, and for me, it was late eighties, early nineties. Well, mm-hmm. it, it's hard to, it, it was hard for me to sidestep that. 
but it was hard for me not not to code switch. So, what does the term "talking white" mean to you? Oh, let's see. What does it mean? Well, when I think about it, I mean it's definitely something that was projected onto me. People would always say that about me. Not people who are white. People who are white were just like, "Okay, she's just talking." Right. But other people would put that on me and I mean people would ask me why do you talk like that why do you sound like that why do you sound so white mm-hmm. or sometimes people would say well, you don't have to talk like that now and I'm like talk like what this is my voice I don't know how to talk any other way um but when I hear that it's something that always kind of irritated me because it's like I'm just I'm speaking like I just have a traditional American accent like for the most part, when I'm just kind of saying whatever, I have the kind of voice where you can't listen to me and tell where I'm from. Um, so, but it, it just, it would annoy me to hear other black people say that because my first thought is like, why is it that like having a traditional American accent is something that only white people can have? Why is it? I just, I, I never understood it. It's just like, okay, I'm speaking English the way it was written and there are mm. multiple dialects I just happen to not really have one um I don't know I guess there's like depending on your talking to a stigma attached to it so that's that's kind of a word that pops keeps popping into my head when I think of talking white if you're black mm. there's either a stigma attached to it or in some ways I guess there's an assumption of privilege mm. which both are wrong or can be very wrong mm. yeah I agree with all of that I, I do and I have heard, actually, I have had the, <laughs> I would love to say distinction, but the dubious honor of hearing that from black and white people. And I scratch my head about that because I'm saying to myself, the, the language of the United States is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed, what else am I supposed to do? How else am I supposed to speak? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me, that, you know, that just speaks. To, and when a per, if a person who is white says that, it's saying so much. Mm-hmm. It says it speaks volumes. It's like you're essentially saying that you're inclined to think less of me, and you're surprised right. that you don't. Mm-hmm. And that happened to me uh, growing up. I think I mentioned it on a past episode where I had to give some sort of speech with myself and another classmate for some kind of presentation at school. We both said our lines. We both got up there and memorized our lines. We said it. We giggled. But we did what we were supposed to. And all the other kids did that. In my mind, I was just a kid and I memorized my lines and I was nervous, but I said them. Yay, it's over. At the right. end, all of the white parents were running up to me. Oh my gosh. You speak so well. You have such a such an amazing, such a good little speaking voice. Oh my God. Like, Everyone, and to the point, and plus, like, being an introverted, quiet kid, especially, I was just, why are all these people in my face? Like, I was very uncomfortable. I was looking at my mom. I was like, Mom, why was everybody just walking up to me? Nobody was talking to anyone else. Nobody was going on and on about how everyone else was speaking. I just did what everyone else did. My mom was like, you, you have to understand that some people are just not going to accept 
expect a black girl to sound the way you sound. And I'm like, sound like what? Mm. And it, I could tell, I mean, now that I think about it, it was probably very difficult for her to explain it to me. But she said there are, mm. you know, we know how people, when we go visit so-and-so, you know, how people there talk. If we go to this place and how people there in this place talk. And I'm like, yeah, because in my head, people are just talking. Some people sound different than others. As long as you're speaking English and I understand you, like I'm a kid, it's not even really registering. She said some, they just, they expect you sound that way um yeah and so it's like a it's 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 painful either way because it's like when if a white person comments on it it's like okay so you you're assuming you're making some sort of assumption about who you think I am and then if it's a black person who says it it's like great <laughs> now you're using this as an excuse to like look at me and treat me as if I might be the kind of person who thinks I'm better than other people which is another thing which is like totally not true but it's kind of like, I don't know. It's, I can't, I'm not a person who's grown up biracial, but in a way I feel like that might seem like, like it might be a similar thing. It's kind of like you don't fit in in either place <laughs> when it comes to how you speak. No one really wants to accept you just for who you are and leave it alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I never heard it expressed that way, but at times I feel that way too. I do feel the biracial-ish vibe at times when I'm hanging around people, not necessarily family, I don't really get that around them, but just right. a, a, other people. I do get the, okay, well, you're too white for us. And I get the, you're black, but you speak this way and you actually sound better than we do from others. And I'm thinking, okay, that shouldn't be. But if yeah, you're intim- if you're intimidated by my speech, then the problem isn't me. But if you want right. to make the problem me, more power to you. But look in the mirror. And it's right. just it's amazing like, to me how that is. Projecting. Yeah. There was like, what's mm-hmm. the song? Song by Lupe Fiasco. I think it was Kick Push. And it was like a remix to it. And I know during the remix, mm-hmm. there was a part where Pharrell was talking about his parents. And his parents are like, how are we both black and our son's biracial? <laughs> and when he said yeah. that line, I was like, yo, that's me. I'm sure my parents had that conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. And I mean, it's what you said is, it's very true. It's because you don't, I think it just boils down, you don't fit into the box that people think you should fit into. And so if they have some sort of insecurity, they project that on to you. It's almost like speaking this in this way helps you learn more about people than they think they know about you. Because as soon as I open my mouth, like I can, based on how people react, like I've had some people, like there was a time when I was in New York and there was a friend I was talking to and he said something about the way I speak. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. Here we go. I sound, I talk white. He was like, no, I wasn't going to say that. He was like, all I know is you're not from here. <laughs> and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> That's refreshing. But then I have a lot of other people who, based on how I speak, just make these big grand assumptions about who I am and what my life is like, right. just based on the, the, how the words come out of my mouth. And then part of it is also the town I grew up in, like if I'm, if it happens to be a conversation with a person who's from Pittsburgh, they make assumptions based on where I grew up. But it's like, then again, like you have two tiny pieces of information and somehow you think you have all the answers. It's amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I understand this too, because I mean, I grew up in Houston, well, born in New Orleans and grew up in Houston. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when, when many people, especially around Houston, when many people see me, they all automatically think I should just speak of already and and dan and tan and i'm supposed to speak like that all the time and i'm I'm saying i can do that to clown you all but since that is not in my spirit 
I'm going to speak <laughs> how I was taught. <laughs> so right. if you have an issue with that, fine. And <laughs> I remember having this conversation with uh, uh, what the coworker once where she actually said to me, you talk as if you have no dialect. And I said, well, one, I take that as a compliment. Thank you. And two, I come from two places where dialect is extremely heavy in, in language. I mean, Houston is one, New Orleans is another. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you were born in New Orleans and you were reading Houston. How did you, how did you evade that? I evaded by just <laughs> speaking, just speaking a language and learning how to speak it. That's. And TV. I, I like you watch a lot of TV. TV. You start talking like right. people on TV. I mean, for the right. most part, like that, that's the thing. Like on TV, if you're either a news anchor or an actor or an actress, like you can't have an accent that indicates where you're from unless it's right. specific to the role. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And, and to poke fun at her, because <laughs> I sort of got the sense of, I really can't peg where you are in a negative tone. I said, you know, I don't really like how you speak it to me. No. <laughs> she just burst out laugh. I said, I can speak yeah. that all day and long, but that is not naturally me. What is naturally me is what you're hearing now. And that's what you're always going to hear. I don't care if I'm hanging around a clique of black people or a clique of white people or a clique of, of brown people or red people or yellow people. It doesn't matter. I'm going to speak like me. And if that is a problem for you, then you need to deal with yourself. I am happy with who I am. And that is all that matters. Yeah, I wish I could do that. It's not even that I'm not happy with how I speak. Because like the way I'm talking to you, like this is just me, how I naturally speak. But right. part of it is all speaking. I have this weird quirk where whoever I'm talking to, I just start sounding mm. kind of like them. <laughs> I I've, I've actually read, I don't know what it is. And I, I, I pointed it out to a friend at one, at one point, and she, was, she just started laughing. She was like, yeah, when you talk to me, you like do your version of me. I'm like, I do? She's like, yeah. But I think um, <laughs> I've read, it's something I didn't even know, I just kind of do it, but I've read that that is something that, like if you're given suggestions on how to be like, more likable. People like a person who sounds like them. So if you kind of match mm-hmm. a person's cadence when they're speaking, or you may not sound just like them, but similar enough, like that subconsciously brings their guard down and makes mm-hmm. it easier for you two to have for the two people to have a discussion. So I almost sometimes I wonder, like, is that a habit I picked up as a child, not knowing it, because I realized mm-hmm. this makes it easier for me to communicate with other people. I don't know. Cause it's not something I, re- cause when I listen to the podcast, I don't always sound like just regular everyday me. Sometimes I listen, I'm like, Oh, I sound like a black girl. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't know I had it in me. <laughs> cause I do, I do voice acting and I struggle because I can do a lot of different types of things as a voice, voice actress. But one of the things I struggle with is like, if I see something and they are requiring an African-American woman, I'm like, oh, well, I can't even try out for that because I don't sound like a typical African-American woman. I'm like, how is it I'm a black woman and I can't do the one role that I should be able to do? So, yeah. Um, but that's that's another thing with me and voices. Like, I've always thought it's really fun to, like, play around with my voice and do different voices. So I love being able to sound like any and everyone. Like, it is, there's certain accents that I have goals to be able to do at some point. And like, I won't do them because I'm like, I don't want to sound like I'm making fun of it. I want to be able to use that accent in a way that if a person who grew up in that particular area hears it, they will just assume I'm from there too. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that, that is a gift. And that's one I appreciate with you. The fact that you are a voiceover artist and that you actually can do those things. I find that to be amazing, but I also find amazing too, that you speak your truth by simply being you and, and considering that I live that walk too, and I live that type of life as well. I always thought it was interesting. I always wanted to get together with someone who possibly the similar type of struggle and, right. and make sense of it because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, cause I'm thinking, yeah, I'm black and believe me, I got infused with a whole ton of black power stuff in my life too. And right. I'm proud of it. And I own that and I love that and I embrace that and I live that. However, right. you know, I, I also am proud of the fact that I can speak proper English that I can, sp- that I have speak, that I have proper grammatical skills and I apply it and I have no issue applying it to whomever it is. I'm right. proud of that too. You know, so I've always had a, a fascination about speech from that aspect that here it is this wonderful country, but there seems to be this, and you said the word beautifully stigma attached to speech that you have to have some sort of geographical dialect or you had to have some sort of ebonics tied tied to you or you have to have some sort of some sort of uh, some sort of twitch or you have to speak with a lisp or you have to have some sort of uh, some sort of what's the word i'm wanting to say some sort of signifier to say okay we can identify you from being here because you speak this way. And the fact that we can't, that's an issue. I, I don't like that. I, I don't like that at all. Right. You know, yeah. you know, I, I, I really believe I should be embraced on how I speak, period, in the story. You know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I'm sorry for interjecting, but I, I can relate. I can relate. It's, um, I think my speech, the way I sound has always been a thing. Like it's always been a part of my life. And it's, I think I'm sure you can relate. I wish it weren't like, I wish I could just talk and then have that be that. But the fact that there's even conversation around how I sound, why I sound the way I sound, just like being assumptions made about who I am as a human being, because I sound a certain way, it's just like an additional burden that it's like, come on. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, am I communicating? Do you understand how I'm communicating with you? You get what I'm saying? Okay, great. Like, there's there shouldn't be any further discussion, really. But yeah, I just, I think it's just another layer of what we go through as Black people. Like, we can't do anything <laughs> without it being examined, <laughs> whether it's by us or other people. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't. It's like, I get it, but I don't get it. <laughs> wow. I think that is pretty much how I am too. I get it, but I don't get it either. <laughs> very well said and very well stated. Yeah. I reflect back as to when I would hear those types of charges levied against me when I was younger. And sometimes now, even currently. That the reason I speak the way I do is because I want to appear a certain way or think a certain way or be a certain way. And that's not the case. I'm this way because this is how I was taught. I was taught to speak this way. I was taught to think this way because this is who I am. I'm not trying to be anybody other than Cole Johnson. And the same thing can be said for Autumn. Same thing. And because... I or she as well have the ability to speak English in a way that is supposedly 
how the language of the land is supposed to be spoken, why should anyone be punished for that? The word says there are doubtless many different languages in the world and none is without meaning. Both Autumn and I were taught that there is power in the words that we speak and there's also power in the way we express them. No one should be punished for how they speak and they shouldn't be punished or penalized because they don't sound a certain way because the skin color dictates the dialectal twitch, twang, slang that should come out of someone's mouth. That irresponsibility on someone else's behalf is alarming and it should cease. And hopefully all of us will take the time to cease it. Many thanks to Autumn for going even deeper into the revelation of who she is and how she moves and lives and has her being in life. For changing the world one conversation at a time, I am Cole Johnson, and this has been a special presentation of Revelations. For more of Revelations, go to Pippa, spelled P-I-P-P-A dot I-O.